Sometimes you just need a quick overview of the news. Other times you need a deeper understanding of what's going on. The Rundown Podcast has all of that, and it's Chicago-based, so you know what's up in your neighborhood and across town. Listen to The Rundown wherever you get your podcasts. Chicago is getting global recognition for work on biodiversity conservation. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. Drumroll, please. The Shedd Aquarium and Morton Arboretum have been named Centers for Species Survival by the International Union for Conservation. And get this, they are two of only 11 of these centers in the entire world. Here to tell us more about what this could mean for their work on conservation are Sylvia Alvarez-Claire, Director of Global Tree Conservation at Morton Arboretum, and Chuck Knapp, Vice President of Conservation Research at Shedd Aquarium. Also with us is Reset Sustainability contributor Karen Weigert. Sylvia and Chuck, first, I just want to say congratulations on this honor. How are you feeling? It feels great. I think it's just um, a recognition of the work that Shedd Aquarium and Morton Arboretum have been doing throughout the decades. And um, this is just one example of the impact that we can have to help biodiversity conservation globally. Yeah. How are you feeling about the designation, Sylvia? Yes, we are definitely very excited. This is the beginning, and we hope it's also you know, provides a lot more opportunity to expand all the work that we have been doing at Morton Arboretum as well as other institutions around the Chicagoland area. So, Karen, I mentioned Chicago has two of these centers and is being recognized globally for conservation efforts. Help our listeners understand, how big of a deal is this? Oh, it's a big deal, without a doubt. Uh, Part of the big deal is we're the only city with two. I mean, as you mentioned, there are only 11. Okay. Um, Another part of the big deal is that The two areas of focus, trees and freshwater, they're critical parts of our very local ecosystem, but they're globally important. And so the idea that both the work that's been done here and also the work that might happen here is critical because it can really accelerate what's going to happen. The world is experiencing a biodiversity crisis right now. What's the story there? It is, uh, without a doubt. And uh, often we talk about the climate crisis and uh, they're related, but they're also distinct. So just like we have a U.N. meeting on climate, there was actually a huge U.N. meeting on biodiversity at the end of last year. Mm. Um, but the big picture is we're seeing species decline. If you look uh, big picture over the last 50 years, you know, numbers are you know, almost 70 percent of species have had decline. But it really varies by species and it varies by place. And so the real opportunities are to dig in, um, look at what we're doing in different places, how we can work together to address that. Because at the end of the day, we all need fresh air. We all need water every day. And we all need mm-hmm. a diverse diet. And all of that comes from biodiversity and a healthy nature system. To that end, Chuck, we, we hear about marine species being threatened, but freshwater biodiversity is more threatened than in the seas. Why is that? Indeed. So Shedd Aquarium was very intentional in choosing freshwater as an area of focus for this center. And it's because I th- Marine systems are typically the animals are more charismatic. They might be more colorful. And so people just gravitate to them. Whereas in freshwater ecosystems, perhaps the water is cold, it's murky, the animals might not be as vibrant or charismatic. And so it hasn't received as much conservation attention. And so to the point about being having a UN conference at the end of last year, that was the first time that inland waters were actually included in mm. the language. A, Traditionally, it was always land and sea, land and sea, and inland water, inland waters, freshwaters were left off, and so it's critically but freshwater important. Freshwater ecosystems are super important. Exactly. Even right. with our own community, we weren't calling out freshwater ecosystems, and so um, the freshwater ecosystems we're losing them at a rate three times faster than some terrestrial systems. We're losing uh, freshwater biodiversity at a rate twice as fast as marine or ter- 
terrestrial species. And a lot of people don't understand that. So that's the real advantage that we have at an aquarium or a botanical garden or arboretum is that we can not only do the work, but we can raise that awareness. Sylvia, tell us about the importance of the trees here. Exactly. The situation of the, sim- of the trees is kind of similar in, in than the freshwater uh, ecosystems. Uh, last year, the Global Trees Report was published, and it revealed that one-third of all the trees in the planet, of the tree species, are threatened with extinction. That is actually double the number of all mammals, reptiles, amphibians combined That's a lot. that are at threat. Yeah. We are talking more than 17,000 species of trees at threat around the world. So this is a big problem, and it requires coordinated action from all stakeholders, from all the different, you know, from the scientists to the communities mm-hmm. to the di- different stakeholders in different places. Yeah. Also, the problem is complex, obviously. And so we need to have a coordinated action, but also very targeted action in the different places where the threats are happening. So tell me, that this global recognition... It, what does it do for your work? How much will it expand what you're already able to do? Right. So at the Morton Arboretum, we have already been doing global conservation work since 2014. And that has allowed us to already establish on-the-ground partnerships. Conservation takes time. It takes relationships. It takes building that trust with the communities that you are going to be working with. And the advantage is that because we already had that, then with this new recognition, we can hit the ground running and just expand projects and build build capacity, and empower our partners so they can become the leaders of their own species and their own biodiversity. And we're right there behind them from maybe countries where we have a little bit more resources just to support them, to empower them, and to really, you know, be by their side as we all um, uh, tackle this problem, which is really a global problem that affects us all here in Chicago and beyond. Where will the designation take your work at the shed, Chuck? So we are able to scale our existing freshwater mussel research that we're doing in the Midwest to Central America. you got to tell us about that because you're, you're assessing the health of the freshwater mussels. Correct. Right? So the work in this center is cyclical, meaning that we are going to be doing freshwater mussel assessments in biodiversity in Central America because it is a, a biodiversity hotspot. However, very little is known about these species. So as an example, um, in Central America, there are about 94 different species of freshwater mussels, but that's based on a publication that's almost 100 years old. So really, it's an it's it's a degree so there are unknown. way more. Yeah. Indeed. And these are critically important animals. So it allows us to scale up that work globally, but we are also going to be bringing on someone that works within the center that's going to be using that information to help assess biodiversity, key biodiversity areas that will then help with planning for biodiversity conservation. How will this local research really impact what you do internationally? So because of the work that we've been doing, it it actually opened doors because we had a colleague in El Salvador who reached out to us because of the publications that we've been able to um, produce. And so that started a kernel. That was the kernel of, a, of one collaboration in one country. In fact, we're leaving tomorrow to join him to do biodiversity surveys for freshwater mussels in El Salvador. But we've also been able to reach out and do work in Costa Rica as well as Guatemala. And the purpose, to Sylvia's point, is not just to do the research, which we're going to be doing, but it's also to build the capacity. So we are going to be supporting graduate students so that we can train the trainer so that all of that knowledge can stay within the region and then hopefully build off of each other. 
you did such a great job a moment ago, Sylvia, illustrating this this global problem. How do we save species, though? Where do right. we begin? How, how do we even go about to saving right. species, right? So there are many different ways and many different approaches. But what we believe both at, uh, I think, Mordor Arboretum and Shed Aquarium is that it always has to be um, with the communities that are the stakeholders, the users. And we also have to do it by um, supporting the actions with science. So the first step is to get the scientific facts, the biology of the species, understanding what does it need to thrive, where does it occur, and what are the threats that are preventing that species from thriving. Once we understand the situation, then we also need to bring in the people and ask, you know, why maybe are people part of the problem and how can people be part of the solution? Yeah. And, for example, in Baja California, in Mexico, I have been working there since 2018 with a threatened tree species called um, the arroyo oak. And it is interesting because the ranchers there have their cattle roaming in the national park within the biosphere reserve. And so we thought, well, this is a problem for the regeneration of this oak. But then what we're doing is that we're actually working with the farmers and we have adopted a tree program and they are planting the trees and the seedlings within their fenced enclosures. And now they have their own festival uh, for the Encino Arroyero and they love the species and are planting it within their towns. Oh, that's cool. So it's bringing them also as part of the solution. Sticking with you for another brief moment, Sylvia, talk about your collaboration with The Shed in Costa Rica. Yes, so this is a very exciting... Excuse me. This is the first time that uh, Shed Aquarium and Morton Arboretum are going to be collaborating in a joint project in southern Costa Rica at a watershed conservation, community conservation project. So we are going to be working both in the river, that is a very important watershed for towns down this uh, biodiversity hotspot, but also seeing how tree restoration can have an impact on preserving these waters. So we're going to be working together, both institutions. uh, to in, in this uh, conservation and research project. Yeah, and uh, th- this collaboration is possible because of the funding that comes from the, the global designation as a Center for Species Survival. Um, Chuck, linking aquatic and terrestrial restoration, that, that seems to be a more holistic way to, to approach conservation. Tell us a bit more about that and, and what you are most excited about being able to do with this work. Well, I think most people probably think of problems as compartmentalized. So what's happening on land doesn't necessarily affect what's happening in the water, and that's truly not the case. Mm-hmm. And so by this collaborative project, we're able to elevate the importance of whole area conservation and what happens on land does impact the water. So I'm excited for the storytelling elements of this and to work with Morton Arboretum, who had a designated project already existing, it allows us to fast-track the pace of aquatic conservation. And so that's what conservation is about. It's about collaboration. We don't do this in a vacuum. And so really, these these partnerships are critical for conservation. So I have to ask, when you do this work, do you have a favorite species? <laughs> <laughs> so it's interesting, you know, working at Shed, again, to that point of, you know, people always think of, of marine species. I'm actually a freshwater fan, so I'm particularly excited about this center. Um, But I do have, if anyone goes to Shed, there's a a fish called an arapaima. It's one of the largest scaled freshwater fishes in the world. What does it look like? It looks like a big log, but it's fantastic. (laughs) And um, it has a bony tongue. It's from South America, and you can find it in our Amazon Rising Gallery. 
I also heard a, a little rumor this morning, Chuck, that you're an iguana specialist. <laughs> that is true. So it's um, conservation is broad, right? So um, yes, my background primarily are fish, but um, this is where I always, when I talk to students, I tell them to pay attention and try to do as well as you can in, in everything that you and do. Because yes, um, working at the aquarium, I, I became very fascinated with iguanas, and so it. It, it, my, it pivoted my career choice. I said he's an iguana specialist. Wow, what a title. So I understand both uh, Shed and, and Morn, both institutions are going to be working with students. Is that right? Yeah, so that is one of the most exciting parts of this project is that we are going to be able to work with students. Shed Aquarium is going to focus more in uh, graduate student training. And at Morton Arboretum, we are going to be working with undergraduates from the Chicagoland area. So students actually, if they are listening, can sign up in spring for a course that's going to be taught through ACA. And, which is a group of Chicago colleges um, in the in the Chicagoland area, and you can register through the Arboretum too. Uh-huh. And we will have a field trip to Costa Rica, but we wanted this to be a true exchange, and students from Costa Rica will also come to Chicago, and we will also be offering training opportunities for conservation so that we can build capacity in Chicago uh, to become leaders in conservation around the world, and we're going to be doing these uh, jointly. Before we go, i got to be fair, Sylvia, what is your your favorite species. We got to, we got to learn yours as well. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, my favorite species. I'm originally from Costa Rica, so it's uh, the Ceiba pentandra or capoc tree, which was the it was a holy tree for the Mayas, and it is a beautiful tall tree. Um, that is my favorite. Oh, nice, Karen. <laughs> I can't leave you out. Well, I feel like I can't pick one that's freshwater or one that's trees. <laughs> so maybe a, some kind of amphibian that might also visit a tree, and I'll just leave it nice and vague. <laughs> that is uh, Reset Sustainability contributor Karen Weigert, Sylvia Alvarez-Claire, who's Director of Global Tree Conservation at Morton Arboretum, and Chuck Knapp, who's Vice President of Conservation Research at the Shed Aquarium. Thank you all. This episode of Reset was produced by Linnea Dominic and edited by Dan Tucker and Stephanie Kim. You can subscribe to the show wherever you're listening. You can also leave us a rating or review in Apple Podcasts. And there's another great way to connect with Reset. Check out our TikTok for behind-the-scenes videos, short news explainers, and more. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll see you back here on Monday. Have a great weekend. when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts.